The film and TV show is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with us. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. Do or do not. There is no try. Chewie. We're home. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Film and TV Show with me, Richard S, on this massively humid, horrible, horrible day. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you know, <clears throat> I don't want to tell you how hot it is, right, but do you want to know how hot it is? Two hobbits have just come in and just chucked a ring in this room. <laughs> that is how hot it is in here at the moment. Honestly, it is shockingly hot. Um, but hello, welcome. Yes, uh, as you can probably tell, we are doing Star Wars today, um, part one. And it'll probably take us God knows how many episodes to get through. Probably I eight. mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why not eight? Why not eight? One on each. Yeah. No, uh, no let's not. Let's not do that because that's just. Shocking. I thought you were going to go with something like topical. Say, like, I feel as hot as Anakin on the sides of Mustafa. Uh, I was going to go with that, Mustafa. but I thought that'd just be far too easy. You know, I, could, yeah. I, I didn't want to take the high ground or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you wouldn't win. Uh, yeah, I would. No. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Star Wars. Um, this was your idea. Yeah, definitely. And then next week is Star Trek, which is my idea. Mm. So, obviously next week's going to be far better. <laughs> well, I don't so, know about um, that. but we will we will go through uh, we'll go through a couple of bits yeah. that we want to talk about Star Wars because obviously it's a massive franchise now owned by Disney. Disney is taking over the world. Yeah, and we won't talk about whatever all the other stuff that goes on with it as well. Mhm. Yeah, well, because there's so much stuff to go with it. There's just too much. There's yeah. so much about this and yeah, Star yeah. Wars is... But, you know, Star Wars is is, is huge. And mm-hmm. anyone who... Someone, somewhere... There'll be one person that's never seen a Star Wars film and that person will need to have their head given a wobble. Cause I've, I've bumped into a few and it's weird. It is like meeting a Martian for the first time. I, I know, I get, right? I get scared and have to beat them to death. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I would. I mean, it's Star Burn Wars. Them. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Star Wars. Star Wars is... is you know, it, it divides opinion, I suppose. Definitely. It, it's odd because you always get that Star Trek, Star Wars kind of clash. But I, I never understood why, because I like both. Yeah, I think there's plenty of room enough for both. Um, I think they're two different aspects. One's more to do with discovery and the other's to do with wars, really, or conflict. Conflict, mainly, yeah. but it's not... I don't know, it's, it's a strange one, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I like Star Trek... Mm. And I grew up watching The Next Generation and the original series Same. with my dad, yeah. just sitting watching it on TV, you know, growing up. Um, then I watched all the films. Uh, but I also watched all the Star Wars. Yeah. Like my dad didn't really, he, he wasn't really into it, but I really liked Star Wars. And I don't know how I managed to get into it, but... It's one of those things, you're never really quite sure. Yeah. And then you think back and it's probably the toys. 
Yeah, I think I, the, mean, I think the first toy I probably ever owned was a Millennium Falcon. Mine was or an X-wing. Mine was a lightsaber. It was Darth Vader's, and no wonder. Well, there <laughs> no you go. I'm so evil. Well, yeah, there you go. So, um, so yeah, we're using new equipment tonight as well. Yeah, so, so hopefully the sound louder. quality is a lot better. Um, having to fiddle with the levels a little bit uh, first thing, but mm. it's okay. Uh, hopefully on the podcast it'll come out a lot better as well, so it'll be a lot clearer, which is nice. Yeah. So we've got. You know, a whole new, uh, whole new kit, which is good. So, yeah. Um, oh, mate, honestly, I can't get over this heat. Seriously, yeah, it, it is, is bad, baking. isn't it? It is bad. So, where do you want to start? So, should we start from the canonical beginning, or <laughs> should we start from the originals? Uh, let's start with the original. Okay, right? yeah. I, I did put a thing out on Twitter, actually, to ask people for their favourite character, and then for uh, their favourite sequence or favourite film. <laughs> Funnily enough, you know, Jar Jar didn't come up. I don't know why, because that guy is just phenomenal. I mean, Philistines, what, that's what, what they are. I know, right? <laughs> what, what an absolute integral part that character plays. To be fair, I feel bad that Ahmed Best went through a, a really long period of suicidal tendencies, and I'm glad he's gotten over it. But yeah. what was going through George Lucas's mind at the time of making that character, I do not God, know. God, no. Honestly, it's just, uh, it, it's one of those, it's not even a forgettable character, is it, Jar Jar Bing? He sticks even... out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Misa. <laughs> yeah. Well, just even thinking about it makes me cringe. But anyway, so I put it out there, right? Yeah. So this is what I got. So IABD Presents on Twitter, which is at IABD Presents. Uh, they said, tough one, original trilogy, Han Solo, Suave, and B.A., yeah. badass, obviously, yeah. uh, when Vader threw the Emperor into the shaft. He liked that. And I thought that was actually pretty cool. He just picked him up and just dumps him in the shaft, which is pretty cool. Yeah. In the new movies, he likes, uh, they like Jyn Erso. They like how they handled the character uh, and went through with killing everyone. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Um, it's dark, but but hey, it's war. And then when Vader took everyone out in the hall at the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, mate, honestly, that is probably one of the best scenes because it's just, it's dark, and then you just see the saber come out. It's like, oh, man, you know it's going to be bad. Like, you're told throughout the entire original original trilogy that Vader is someone to be afraid of, and you're never quite sure, as in, he's got the skills, he can throw things around and crush people's throats. Yeah. But he's never terrifying. No, But in that single scene, they just made him a monster. But and that is it. That is how that is how I pictured the first kind of introduction to Vader that you would get would be something like that to really think, holy shit, mm. this guy means business, and he yeah. doesn't care who he crushes. And you know, it's also a perfect remedy to the sort of prequels, almost because yeah, you know, you've we went through the originals where we. You know, we fell in love with all the original characters, including Vader. Mm-hmm. Then we had the prequels, and you know, as much uh, hatred as it can go towards the actors that portrayed it or the uh, directation that was given by George Lucas, um, there was an issue where it just when you explain the backstory of a character, it kind of takes away the mystique, it takes yeah. away your own imagination, and it kind of ruined Vader. I'm not saying it was like, you know, absolutely destroying the character. But it did sort of spoil a few things, and, you know, it just wasn't up to par, really. No. Uh, but that movie, I think, sort of just gave Vader his... Uh, mojo. His mojo back. Yeah, absolutely. And I would love to see more scenes like that. Oh, I'd love, like... Well, even if it's not with Vader, even if it's somebody else, but just scenes like that where it's just kind of like, okay, what's happening here? And it's like, 
Like, they need to treat, like, seriously, the dark side characters in all of the movies more like monsters and horror villains. Yeah. Because that's, you need to sort of channel that because they're like, their whole deal is fear and hatred. Yeah. And what better way to uh, sort of capitalize on that than making Vader terrifying? Well, just uh, look at the just look at the scene. I mean, I know you don't see the scene, but the youngling scene yeah. with um, with mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm stealing a quote from Clark's there, Clark's too. Um, but yeah, I mean that that is pretty Manic dark. It's so good. <laughs> That's such a good term for him. I know, right? You know, stationary, bland. Yep. Yep. Wooden, boring. Yeah. Poor old Hayden Christensen. Yeah, not a bad actor either. No, not he's a, a crap football player. Though. He was in Sport Aid. Soccer aid. It was in soccer aid. Awful. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Honestly. Um, so, so yeah. So that's what uh, IABD uh, presents. But Seb Reeves, which is at the real Mr. Seb, put Han Solo because he really is the best. He's a fan favourite. Absolutely. And then Empire, the battle between the snow speeders and the Atats. Quite like that. Yeah. yeah. Is, that on, is that Hoth? Hoth, yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. I'm like a w- walking Wikipedia right now. <laughs> awesome. Um... Okay, so I've got I am Jack's inverted commas uh, regular regular musings, which is at I am JAC's musings. Han Solo, because he's a scoundrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite film is A New Hope, but favorite scene is the escape from Jabba's uh, sail barge on Roger. Mm, and, uh, do you know what? I actually love that scene as well because I yeah. think just from the beginning bit where they are sitting over the pit, and Luke and you know Jabba's taunting him, and Luke's kind of like, "I'm about to fuck you up." Yeah. You know, and it's literally like, yeah, this is going to happen. It's almost like uh, sort of the acknowledgement that they're all powerful now yeah. in that scene. Because you've got Princess Leia, who's been uh, a slave before. Yep. Um, to, well, was imprisoned by Vader in the first one. But even as a slave in Return of the Jedi at the very beginning, she sort of takes that power back immediately and, you know, chokes Jabba up. Um, you got Han Solo, who's blind, and who was probably the most reliable and, like, most dependable. Yep. Uh, and now he's depending on others, and it's quite clear that he's in that situation because he's finally developed a sort of human personality side rather than just being a scruffy-looking nerf herder. Uh, and then you got <laughs> then you got Luke, who's just grown so much and become yeah. seriously powerful. Yeah. And, yeah, it's like the culmination of everything, and you see them all at top... Uh, you know, on top form against, like, doing I, their thing. Do you know what I like? I, I just like when he's standing on the plank and he just does the, uh, the oh, salute yeah, to him. Dum. And it's just like, Dum. oh. And he's actually put a gif of Luke's force kick too. So where, where basically Luke is kicking someone, gets nowhere near him, but the guy throws his gun <laughs> yeah. in the air and falls backwards. Just, yeah. I'm, like, I'm looking at it right now and it's hilarious. Um, force so, kicks are a powerful thing. They are, aren't they? Uh, at that film geek... Uh, which is at underscore that film geek underscore Han Solo. Mm-hmm. The carbon freezing scene in Empire. There's so much going on in one scene. You've got Han and Leia, Vader and Fett, Lando, Chewie, all having their own little scenes within a scene and the whole thing wrapped up in a Williams score. Oh, man, like that's... Which is, that's to scene. be fair, I mean, in, in terms of what is going on, I mean, I know the Roger one is good, but there is a, and he's absolutely right. There is a lot going on in that scene. Oh yeah, definitely. Like so many little things, but it's done perfectly. Like you've got Carl Weathers um, as Lando, who's, you know, a, a reluctant traitor, uh, and he's doing everything in his power to make sure that Han Solo even just survives the carbonite process. Yeah. 
you got Leia finally discovering her feelings. You got Chewie being sad and like quite aggressive, like yeah. almost an uncontrollable element. You got Boba Fett who's just looking to get paid. Vader who wants to just test it out because he's really after Luke. Yeah, it's so good. It, it really, really is good. I mean, and obviously wrapped in a Williams score as well, John Williams. I mean, honestly, is there anything mm. that guy cannot do? I, I honestly don't know how he does the stuff he does because it's in, intense. It is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. And it is a great scene, absolutely. But then mm. there's a lot, you know. I mean, the next one from at Nerds Chain. Um, again, Han Solo. Mm-hmm. I think that's he's a clear winner. Yeah. Um, Vader versus Luke on Cloud City. Yeah. That is a, that is a game, and they've put it's Game like, Changer. It's the entire of it. Like, my favourite is by far Empire Strikes Back. Like, nothing can compare to it. Um, there are scenes that try and, you know, constantly call back to it in the prequels and in the new ones even. Yep. Um, yeah, it nothing's, does. Nothing's getting close to it, and it's there's a damn good reason. It's because it's original, and it doesn't try to do anything but itself, uh, and it's just perfect. Yep. So, uh, Jack and the Geek Stalk, they <laughs> put Boba Fett. Yeah, he's a... The Fett a, man. Um, because from the films, there was a mystery about him, so calm, dangerous, and cool, but... The expanded universe treated him quite well, and I don't even—I oh, yeah, yeah. don't even disagree. I think actually the Fat Man got quite a lot of love oh, in some of the yeah. other films. One of the most mysterious characters—that's why he's so popular. Yeah, and the fact that he is so damn cool under pressure, even when a, even when you pull out a thermal detonator in the room. Yeah, uh, their favorite film is Return of the Jedi. Well, mm. it's, you know, what I mean, I, I prefer—it's mm, a tough one. So, uh, so it's either between Empire or Return. It's got to be Empire for me. Like, See, no I like question. them both. Um, but they've put their favourite scene um, is Darth Maul versus Obi Wan. <sighs> Typical. <laughs> it is a good fight scene, good. though. Let's be fair. That's more on Ray Park than anyone else. I yes, because Ray Park is awesome. It doesn't mean he can charge stupid amounts of money for autographs and uh, and photographs. If you're listening, Ray Park, chill out, man. <laughs> chill out. Don't charge so much. <laughs> We're not made of money. Um, and then we have a Hulk pod. Um, Chewie is our favourite character. Most underrated, big, fluffy, and lovable, but grumpy. Love, love his and Han's relationship. He rips people's arms off. He's not that friendly. <laughs> no. Well. Um, and the uh, their favourite scene is the no, I am your father scene in Empire. Because that's just, like, emotional. Yeah. Just, I, I would say it's sort of torture for Luke. Yeah. To be fair, because he's obviously grown up thinking that Vader killed his dad. Well, you, and in a way, he, he did, which is know. obviously explained. No. Like, in, in New Hope, he's like, what happened to my father? Yeah, to yeah. Obi-Wan? And that's and when... Obi-Wan lies to him. Yeah. And then says it's a certain point of view. And it, no, it's a lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so that's, what, that, that's what the Twitterverse has put. Um, mm, good choice. Yeah. I mean, my favourite character would probably be Han. Yeah, I think, yeah. but, um, but no one's putting the best scene, which is when Luke's uh, getting that blue milk from that squid alien thing on the. On oh, the beach mate! Honestly, I do not. I do not know why like, people don't love that scene. That is these like guys, man. They're just not true fans. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, who would not want to see Luke Skywalker milk something? Yeah. <laughs> For no, he, for no apparent reason whatsoever. I'm just sad that he didn't put his mouth directly on the nipple and just start going at it. <laughs> You are some sort of wrong. You yeah, are. Yeah, you are some up. sort of wrong. 
No, that's, it's spoilers, by the way. Yeah, spoilers. If you haven't seen Last Jedi, <laughs> don't. There is going to be a moment where I'm going to rip that to shreds. Yeah, but it probably won't be today, though. No, probably not. It probably won't be today. It'll be a different show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my as I said my favorite film will either be Jedi or um, or Empire. Return of the Jedi, not Last Jedi. Yeah. No, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Cool. No, Last Jedi would be very far down on my list. Very it's far not, down. Surprisingly, it's not that far down on my list. Um, See, I would. I mean, would you put? Yeah, but would you ones. put Rogue One above it? Because hmm. um, I would put Rogue One probably. Yeah, I would just put, under. I, if I had to put them in order, I would probably put Empire first. Yeah. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Then Rogue One. Oh, that, I would. I would have gone a New Hope after Return of the Jedi, then Rogue One. No, I'd put a New Hope after. Then Force Awakens. Then Last Jedi. Then. Um, Revenge of the Sith, then um, Attack of the Clones, and then finally at the very bottom, Phantom Menace. I can't believe you'd put the Phantom Menace last. Why on earth would you do that? Uh, too much Jar Jar. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, so, yeah. So that's what the Twitterverse is saying. Let's start with the originals, Em. Let's, okay. start, with, uh, let's start with A New Hope. A New Hope. Go on, Em. Okay. What do you want well, me to... Uh... Well... Talk to us about talk to me through your thoughts about it because obviously okay. you would rank it as what your third favorite. Yeah, third favorite. Um, it's such a solid start. It doesn't pull its punches. It doesn't try to build more than it needs to to set the universe up, which is quite a difficult task um, because it's got such a big universe. Bear in mind, it was in the seventies as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, nothing like this was ever done before. Like before this. The words like Tatooine, like Dantooine, Alderaan, these are all gobbledygook words for that movie. It's not until after this movie that you start building upon the expanded universes with all the extra material, like from the games and everything. So, um, yeah, this A New Hope is one of my first memories of going to the cinema uh, when it was re-released, and I went with my mum for my birthday, and uh, it blew me away then, and the trench run is iconic. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, that's probably one of the most iconic scenes you can ever mm. think of. Um, I I don't actually believe I watched A New Hope first. Oh, I think right. I actually watched Empire first for for whatever that bizarre reason. Weird. It was a bit odd. Um, <laughs> I was only I was only young though. Uh, I must have been what I don't know nineteen ninety five maybe. So mm. twelve. I think I was twelve when I first watched it. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I think I watched Empire first because it was on the telly. Mm. And I think it was just that that initial bit right at the very, very beginning, you know, with the soundtrack, the, the, the theme song just kind of grabbed me. And then I think I watched that and then it was Return. And mm. then, because it, it was kind of like, you know what they do when they do them on loops? Like on Sky when they do yeah. them on loops? I think it was like, it was done like that. And it was done over, I'm sure it was on terrestrial TV. It might mm. have been Sky. I don't know. Obviously, well before Sky Movies was out, because yeah. Sky's been around for donkeys. I think my dad got it literally the day it was released. But I'm pretty sure I watched Empire first, then Return, then I watched A New Hope. Yeah. Um, um, but, but yeah, like A New Hope is good because, quite simply, it doesn't it doesn't set up sequels. Uh, it doesn't enforce you to go back to the cinema at any point. You can just watch it as a single movie, yeah. and it's good. But then that's what I like about Rogue One. I know that it's not a single movie because it leads into A New Hope. Mm-hmm. 
Although <laughs> there are issues in terms of the back chat from like when you watch Rogue One and it leads instant instantly into A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, the idea that Princess Leia goes up to Vader and goes like, oh no, we're on a diplomatic mission, when he literally just saw them five minutes ago I know. leaving a battle. Yeah. It's like, don't talk crap to me, girl. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't force choke the shit out of her. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, I mean, my favourite memory of A New Hope is a more recent one. Mm-hmm. It's when I sat down with my boys and watched it. Okay. Because... They have a fascination. They're always talking to my Alexa and asking it to play the Star Wars theme tune. Okay. For whatever, I think I had it running just like randomly on one day and they were like, oh, daddy, what's this? So I, so I sat them down and we, we sat and, and they actually, to be fair, they watched about 90% of it. Wow. Which for a five and a three-year-old... That is tough. ...isn't bad. Um, and they loved it. I mean, they did get a little bit scared with some of the fight scenes and but they really got into... Like, just the the whole sort of spaceships and stuff. Yeah. They, they don't really understand the thing, but that for for me, a new hope that is kind of my my all time favourite memory. Mm. I think um, I, don't, I I vaguely remember watching a new hope. Um, un, unfortunately, I I can't I can't burn the uh, the memories of me watching episodes one, two, and three <laughs> from my memory. Ooh. <laughs> they will forever be burned in there. Uh, but we we'll, stinking people gonna die. <laughs> I'm gonna jump over this table and deck you in a minute. Stop it. Um, yeah, Don't so worry, that was as painful for me saying it as it I was. I can for you probably imagine it. it was as painful for you. Uh, but yeah, no, I think you're right. I think with a new hope, it. It's it's ironic that it's called a new hope. I don't believe it was called a new hope to start off with. No, I think it was, it was just, just called Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Um, before they obviously then went on to Empire, and the, then they had to re-edit most of the like the beginnings because it wasn't an episode. It was just Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, then they had to go back and put in obviously um, a new it, hope. Yeah, and, and then they put in Episode Four afterwards. After they started thinking, actually, we're going to have to put prequels in here. Yeah. So they and but and, and then the, dis, the discussion is well how many should we put in as many as we can which Disney isn't it Do so it. Disney will just put in as many as they can and when they run out they'll just give us the films that nobody wanted ever <laughs> but everybody wants a Boba Fett film I mean and it, because of Solo being so awful it wasn't it wasn't that bad to be honest it was bad enough it bad was, enough for them to to I, kick it into touch I would put Solo definitely above the Last Jedi. And I'm not even sure. I may even put it above Force Awakens, but I do quite like Force Awakens. I like Force Awakens. I think it takes it in nice, in a nice kind of it was tangent kind, away. It was kind of like J.J. Abrams with Force Awakens made the perfect, like, um, almost callback slash fan film slash love letter to the originals. Yeah, but then he did that with Star Trek. When he rebooted Star Trek. Yeah, but with super amounts of lens flares. <laughs> well, yeah, but... Like, lens flares! I love this Adobe After Effect click. Yeah, but <laughs> but you only have to watch Lost or, or Cloverfield. He does it loads in yeah. Cloverfield. Yeah. I know yeah. he's only an executive producer on that, but and literally... See, what was the other one? The, the one... He did one ages ago that was a... Sense... Like Super Eight, Super Eight. Yeah, he did loads of lens flares in that. Yeah, as well. yeah, and that's kind of and and they've taken that for like Stranger Things and kind of taken that. 
Yeah. Uh, just quickly going off on a tangent, just quickly on that. Have you seen the new Godzilla trailer with, uh, the, with, with, the, with the new It Girl, Millie Bobby Brown? I can't stand her. I mean... Someone like, hit her with a bus. <laughs> wow, you don't like her at all. I, she's so overrated. I mean... I've not yet seen her in the movie, so I'm not. I'm going to hold. I've my seen her in Stranger to... Things, and I don't even rate her in that. So it's up to you. But anyway, let's go back. Yeah. Um, Star Wars. So yeah, so. I, I do. I I like the Force Awakens, but and, and I do like the way it's taken it in a new direction. Mm. Um, However, but, I do think J.J. Abrams had a vision. Yeah. And it was like if you give three cooks like. 15 minutes each, and they all have to do a 45-minute meal. J.J. Abrams started creating something really good, like a really good stand uh, standing point for yeah. it. And Rian Johnson just swiped the board clean, started again doing whatever he You've wanted. You've never seen Australian MasterChef then, mate? Because that's one of the tasks in Australian MasterChef. I know, but like that is, that's, that's what I envisioned. And I was just thinking, Colin Trevorrow, the person that, was, that did Jurassic World, did Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and was planning to do episode 9 thankfully pulled out because I hate that guy as a director like yeah. he just does bland work well he's basically in, in the new film he's basically taken Jurassic World Jurassic Park 2 and redid it redone it basically just like Jurassic World 1 was a was a redo of the first one yeah and and yeah but, let, but let's just glaze what, over that what I'm saying is like they they gave it to different directors, uh, and Rian Johnson obviously didn't like what J.J. Abrams had set up, and he wiped the board clean and yeah. did his own thing, which is quite clear in terms of just the very opening scene of where Luke throws that thing over his shoulder, yeah, uh, and just disregards everything. That's like that's like Rian Johnson grabbing the script from J.J. Abrams' hand and just doing the same thing, just flipping yeah. it over his shoulder. Uh, and then, now J.J. Abrams has come back and said he's doing episode nine. So hopefully he might he might salvage it. Well, hopefully, yeah, because um, yeah, it was it did kind of go downhill a bit, and I think JJ Abrahams, much as he is annoying, and by that I mean if you watch Lost, you'll understand. Um, (laughs) And do you think it'll end on a cliffhanger or something really abstract? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Maybe definitely. Maybe definitely. Yeah. Um, So yeah. So. I do, I, I do rate A New Hope, but it wasn't. Let's say it wasn't the first one I saw, and and I do like, I do like the way that it is an individual film mm. on its own. But then when you then link it to Empire, you it it just seems like a much stronger film than what it actually was. When you when you Empire see it, wasn't directed by George Lucas. <laughs> well, oh, oh, oh. sorry, uh, that was just a cough I had. Yeah, <clears throat> sorry. This... Yeah, well, on that bombshell, we'll play a quick bit of music, <laughs> and uh, and then we'll be back. And I'm playing this just because, well, just because I absolutely can, um, and Do I don't, it. I don't care.
good old Keris Matthews there. Um, and I played that purely because it's Aliens and Star Wars. And mm. there's not, unlike most films, Star Wars doesn't actually have pop songs or wordy songs in mm. it. Thank God. Thank, well, yes, thankfully, because you know <laughs> it can get a little bit monotonous uh, and tedious when you hear films that have that. But sometimes it's nice, especially when you're doing a radio show and a mm. podcast about films, and there's no music to play except instrumentals. And I like the instrumentals, but they get boring after a while. I mean, and I do yeah. love the Star Wars instrumentals, and John Williams is a is a phenomenal genius, mm. one of the best film composers. Of I think time. unparalleled. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, he is unparalleled yeah. uh, for the scores that he's done. I mean, Back to the Future, Ready Jaws. Player One, Jaws, Star Wars, and God knows how many others he's done. Mm. You know, he is completely he did unparalleled Hook as well. Oh. oh, I love Hook. Yep, <laughs> looky, looky, I've got Hooky. Exactly. Oh, absolutely love Rufio. Um, uh, Dante Basco is a lovely guy. Mm. Lovely guy. Um, so yeah, so let's move on to Empire, which is probably, arguably, one of the best films ever yeah i think yeah. full stop in any genre um it's one of those very very small in a, it's very in a, in a, uh, jesus christ want to spit some english out oh my god <laughs> i know right it's in a minority of films or sequels that are better than the original exactly yeah so you've got it's in very very short company so you've got godfather part two mm-hmm. aliens <laughs> you got Empire. Yeah, there's. Not I think many that's about. Others. I think that's about it. I don't. I personally, I don't think there's any more than those three. I, I mean, mean, but that's because I'm. I'm more of a fan of. <laughs> Until John Wick three comes out, I can't really say that John Wick two. Well, I don't um, know. yeah, I but, liked John Wick two. Yeah, I, I mean, I I, I I liked the John Wick films. I think they're brilliant. And Keanu Reeves is a time travelling mastermind. Yes. Um if you don't know what we're talking about, just Google it. Yeah, he's just, a vampire. He he's he's something, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's, he's is not something. Human. No. Um, um so yeah, so Empire. Love Empire. Just everything about it. The the mood, the It's the a lot darker, darker isn't yeah. it? It's so much darker. It scared me as a kid. Like um it's only when I was like fifteen, sixteen that I started really looking at looking at it and going yeah this is actually my favorite due to the darker tone due to the uh more adult themes it takes um definitely the journey that the characters go on like this is one of the few moments that star wars has done a branching storyline and hasn't made it feel choppy uh, it hasn't been like really abstract and difficult to follow it's just been simple you know you got Han and Leia on the Millennium Falcon, and you got Luke in his X-wing that goes to Dagobah, and that's yeah. that's kept it nice. To see and a nine hundred year old midget, yeah, who turns out to be a a wizard master, yeah, and who can lift who can lift that X-wing, yeah, right out of the swamps, yeah. Again, completely iconic. <coughs> you um, the whole the whole movie is quotable. The whole movie is filled with scenes that people remember, and like pop culture is just reference the hell out of Empire Strikes Back yeah well I mean you've only got to look at uh, I hate to do it you've got Robot Chicken yeah that have done Family them. Guy I was going to say Family Guy Blue Ooh. Harvest yeah which is even funnier because that was the working title yeah for, to start off for the original of, Star Wars of the original Star Wars which I found hilarious when I found that out super weird that they called it that but well um, you know you've you got to hide these things um, yeah it was it was just generally really really cool and um 
again, it stood up on its own feet than trying to, you know, rely too heavily on its predecessor. Uh, and although it does set up another sequel, it it still wraps up its own storyline without having to leave too many things um, unraveled. Basically, the, the only thing that's left up uh, sort of in the air, as it was, was uh, Han Solo's fate being trapped in carbonite. Yeah. But even then you see like but, Lando going off straight away to try and rescue him. But you see, now, and I know... That this is uh, that this is probably fodder um, or canon, whichever way you want to look at it. But after that scene, Han Solo was not supposed to come back. He was. It was up in the air. His well, contract. Well, no, because well, Harrison Ford has gone on the record to say that he was under the impression that that would be his last outing, and that he wanted he wanted it to end like that because he felt. He didn't want to be typecast because obviously he had his other films. Indiana Jones, American Graffiti. Absolutely, yeah. And he didn't want to be typecast. But I think the the outcry from the public at that particular time were like, hang on a minute, you need to bring him back. I mean, what the hell is going on? And I think that swayed him to come back. But obviously when it gets to Force Awakens... Mm. When, uh, spoiler alert, if you've never seen it before, uh, when he's killed. <laughs> I mean, if you're listening to a Star Wars podcast, I'm, I'm going to yeah. guess that. Yeah, we really should. We, yeah, we, we kind of really should, you know, assume that you've seen some of them, most of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in The Force Awakens, when he's killed, mm. you, you kind of, he said, he said he'll only come back if Han Solo is killed. I kind of, another reason why I like Force Awakens, uh, is because they killed Han Solo off then. Yeah. Um, because, honestly, for most of that movie, when I saw Han Solo, I was a little sad inside. Because I was like, oh, is this what the you know greatest uh, scoundrel has become? Just an old dude. And I was yeah. Like, I was like, come on, it's time to end that and like move forwards. And, yeah, we've got a resolution for him now, so just kill him off. Yeah, it was sad, but... At the same time, necessary. It was necessary because you can't have, you you just can't regurgitate. I mean, Harrison Ford is old. Yeah, let's not beat around the bush. He is old. All of them were old. Um, are old. Well, <laughs> Carrie Fisher unfortunately has passed. unfortunately has passed away. So, yeah. But um, no, I think the inclusion of his death, especially at the hands of his son, uh, was an interesting concept, and especially when referencing the Last Jedi, one of the best parts about that movie and the reason why I'm so sort of up in arms against The Last Jedi is only because it's torn me in half because yeah. there is half of it that I really do enjoy and then half of it that I absolutely cannot stand and I think that's what has a lot of people up in arms about it. Okay. It's not necessarily the worst Star Wars it's just the most divisive. Yeah. Because like there is a moment where they're being chased by the uh, the First Order's ships. Yep. And Kylo Ren goes out in his TIE fighter and starts attacking Leia's ship. And that moment where he's got his like finger on the trigger and like hesitates yep. and moves off is like, that is a perfect piece of cinema there. Yeah, because it, that is the... He's already killed his dad. Yeah, and he's, yeah. Like, he's just been basically... Uh, told that he's a little boy in a mask pretending to be, uh, you know, Darth Vader. So he has now more reason than ever to prove. finish what he started, yeah, prove yeah. to Snoke that he's uh, a merciless killer. And yet he still hesitates and he still pulls his 
hand like completely off the trigger. Yeah, yeah. Only but it's because it's his mum, and you can in, in that scene there. That's where I realised that Kylo Ren is a mummy's boy. Yeah, but it's it's storytelling. It's visual storytelling, it and it's yeah. one of the best parts of that film. Oh, I mean, it is it, it is phenomenal. It's it's a phenomenal piece of cinematography as well. Mm. The I I think in there are a lot of scenes in there that that are perfect yeah. in the way that they're shot, that they're edited, in the way that they're produced and directed as well. I mean, Adam Driver is is a fantastic actor anyway, yes. and I don't think he gets enough credit for um, for his portrayal as Kylo Ren. He had the, uh, alongside Oscar Isaacs's Poe Dameron, I think those two were outstanding in their roles yeah. because not only did they have the most character development, they were also mostly uh, sort of the two driving points of the film um, because you, like, no one really cared about, ironically, Daisy Ridley is supposed to be the main character, <laughs> but there was no arc there. No. Um, She's with, a one-dimensional character. With Poe Dameron, they set up really early on. The problem is he's a hot-headed flyboy, and we see throughout this movie that he grows and he learns the responsibility yeah. of being a leader. Uh, and with Kylo Ren, I'm not sure on his overall character arc because we still have more to develop, I think, in the final yeah. episode. But it certainly goes from a very hesitant person to I suppose deciding to just put all his chips in the dark side of the force. Yeah, he's very he's very But uh, even then I think it tears him apart. Yeah, and I think that's um he's he's got more good in him than he probably likes to admit, mm. I think. And his his undecisiveness um will probably either be his undoing mm. or his making. I still in whichever way. I think I I don't know. I think that the force is pushing back. The good side of the force is pushing mm. back um, against the dark. I think I'll still say from Force Awakens, you see Ray touch the lightsaber, and it shows Kylo Ren and his Knights of Ren behind him, yeah. uh, and he stabs one through the chest. And I still maintain to this day we have not seen that scene referenced any further. No, I think that's the future, and I think in Episode Nine he will eventually flip and save Ray's life, quite possibly, and kill his own men, sort of thing. Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree. Yeah. I think you know it's like those little things that people don't tend to pick up on. I don't think. Yeah. Um, well, so, well, it, most Star Wars fans will do, but those who are kind of dip in and out. Yeah. Um, but getting back to Empire. Yeah. A couple of fun facts for you, right? Mark Hamill had to bang his head sixteen times on the ceiling of Yoda's hut before Erwin um, <laughs> uh, Kirshner was satisfied Happy that he got it, it properly. Um, <laughs> The shot where Luke uses his Jedi powers to to retrieve his lightsaber from a distance was achieved through Mark Hamill throwing it and then running the film in reverse. That's cool. Which is pretty awesome. That is awesome. I think that is pretty awesome. Um, Carrie Fisher stood on a box for many of her scenes with Harrison Ford to make up the height difference because she's only she was only five foot one. Harrison Ford was six foot one. That's 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 a a huge huge difference. difference. It's massive. That's like a whole head and shoulders, at least. That's, that's um, funny, though. Han Solo is the only non-Jedi Sith in the entire original trilogy, trilogy to ever wield a lightsaber, which he uses to cut open Tun-Tun's belly. Yep. Yep. And uh, last one, in order to avoid sharing creative rights, George Lucas decided to avoid using a major studio to finance the film. 
Instead, he bankrolled a thirty-three million pound production of Empire himself, using a combination of profits from the original Star Wars, A mm. New Hope, and a bank loan. Who the hell would give him a bank loan for that amount of money? Even I mean, f- Jesus Christ! And this is in nineteen eighty, by the way. Well, yeah. it was released in eighty, so what seventy-eight? Maybe I think production started. Um, I remember th- hearing that um, when talking about the uh, profits of the film. Uh, George Lucas simply said, you can have my director's profits, uh, but I want the franchise rights. Yeah. And boy, did he have his globe on, like his magic ball. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> well, well you could say the same about Johnny Depp and Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Because he didn't take a salary, he took a percentage of profits. Yeah. And he's made an absolute killing off of that franchise, whilst also milking it. Um, but yeah, and also, George Lucas shunned the, the Hollywood norm, and he gave... The profits to his employees, which was almost five million dollars worth, mm. he gave away to his employees. So That's good. studio cast, that sort of stuff. It's unbelievable. Um, what else we got? With the exception of being sucked out of a, out of a cloud city window, Mark Hamill did all of his own stunts in Empire. Yeah. So uh, Tom Cruise, eat your heart out. Mark Hamill did it first. Yeah. And Although that- he will always be cock knocker. And Mark Hamill also was in a car crash uh, six weeks before the filming or something of Empire Strikes Back, which is why he gets attacked by a tauntaun that was written in to make uh, use of the make use of the scars that he currently had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in an, an an oft quoted myth is that the Wampa attack on Luke was devised to explain the actual oh. scars on Mark <laughs> Hamill's face because he'd been involved in a car crash and had to have reconstructed surgery. Hamill in, did indeed survive a serious car crash but did not have any visible scars by the time Empire began filming two years later. Oh, wow. I just thought I'd let you go through that spiel oh, and then what? I would do that. You know what, Richard? I'm going to rip your Star Trek uh, facts <laughs> to pieces. Uh, I hope you enjoy that. Just uh, ruining ruining my right. life. That's all right. I just thought I'd throw that in. I'd let you. I thought I'd let you finish first before I make you look at it. Such a dick. I know, right? But you know, <laughs> I don't often swear on this podcast, but you bring out that side, Rich. <laughs> I know. Um, the sound of Darth Vader's shuttle door opening is reportedly a recording of a whole block of Alcatraz cell doors slamming shut. Oh, apparently weird. It's really odd as well. Um, those sound guys are really odd in general. Like, yeah, but then they they have to kind of think out of the box, I suppose. And yeah. and to be fair, the Empire tends to have a lot more background sounds than most of the other films. If you actually look at it, the blasters, I definitely remember seeing at the behind the scenes footage, and it's like stretched metal cable, and then running like another piece of metal yeah. cable down it, and just like does that noise. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, last one about Empire, right? Okay. In each Star Wars film, and I'm assuming we're talking about the originals here, the line, I have a bad feeling about yeah. this, is spoken by one of the characters. Yeah. In Empire, it's Leia. So, yeah. Would um, you like to know something uh, strange, though? Go on, then. So, in the first bit of Empire Strikes Back, you got uh, Leia kissing Luke for, uh, to make Han jealous, yeah? Yeah. Um so at this point, you would say that they're not related because the story wasn't created until Return of the Jedi that they were actually brother and sister. Yeah. Uh, however, at near the end of the film, when Luke goes to save Leia and Han, 
uh, Yoda remarks to Obi-Wan's ghost saying uh, that boy was our last hope and then they say no there's another so it implies that there's actually another Skywalker yeah. uh, alongside both Luke and Leia Ooh. Yeah. so they either had another sister or another brother or maybe the mother uh, and I believe there is a myth um, that Boba Fett was actually going to be revealed to be a woman and uh, it was going to be Luke and Leia's mum yeah, um, we know that she obviously now but in terms of Return of the Jedi they just, Lucas decided it wouldn't be a good idea to introduce another character uh, so close to the family so they yeah. gave the idea of a bounty hunter revealing themselves to be a woman to Leia and that's why she gets that's that that's why she gets the where she pulls the mask she pulls off, off yeah, when says, she's not actually yeah. Boba Fett because the Fett man rules the Fett man is the dude up until episode two in which he's revealed to be a strangely aggressive little kid yeah and that, yeah, that whole backstory get him dad just, get him yeah it's just yeah <laughs> oh, um, okay so uh, let's quickly play this very very quick song and then we'll be back and we'll talk about return the stars let me see what spring is like on jupiter and mars in other words hold my hand in other words baby kiss me Hobbits are still coming in, chucking that ring. Yeah, man. Jesus. Um, okay, so return. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. We've only got literally awesome. like ten minutes. Awesome space battle, awesome lightsaber fight, which they actually, you know, choreographed to a level that's closer to the prequels and the 
the the sequel trilogy now i yeah. guess we could call it um yeah the it's just it's just really good and the climactic you know bit where luke throws his lightsaber away declares he's a jedi just like his dad and gets electrocuted and then vader's redemption oh that yeah that, that puts chills down my spine every time i watch it and yeah for the best reasons and john williams score during that point is phenomenal see i think in return the score is it has the most impact mm. than in empire and in a new hope i think in return it's although it's not as dark as empire mm. it's there's a lot more emotion it's kind of like over the first two films you've they've kind of built this this ongoing tension this ongoing sort of um I don't know. It's, it's like a. There's that moment where they don't know the shields are up on the Death Star, and there's that little John Williams uh, number playing in the background to yeah. hype it up, and then they realise, and they all have to like pull back because they know it's a trap, and it's it's incredible. It's a trap. It's a trap. Admiral Snack oh. Bar. It's a wrap. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, Return of the Jedi holds a big, big place in my childhood, uh, as does the originals in general. The prequels, I mean, we're going to have to do the prequels another time. We'll do the, yeah, we ain't, we ain't going to get the prequels done in 10 minutes. I mean, what we can do, <laughs> shit, like, okay, meh. There you go, job done. Actually, it goes shit, okay, good in my books. Mm. I, I like Revenge of the Sith purely because it has a bit more emotional stakes in it than the others. Yeah, I mean, we'll delve into the original. Yeah. We'll, we'll delve into the, the prequels in another episode. Um, shit okay tolerable maybe i don't know yeah i I, i'd agree shit okay tolerable as in i can watch revenge of the sith a couple of times i can't watch the other two more than once no like just that over a period of months and i'm I'm someone that likes star wars i I I love star wars i can tell you 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 love star wars more than i do yeah i mean i i like i've delved into the expanded universe i like yeah i've done the gaming side of it i've done the comic book side of it can tell you about Jedi Master Lucian Dre and the Padawan Massacre. We can save that but for yeah. some of them else. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to Return. Yeah, so, return. Um, yeah, it, it's the culmination of, um, I, I would say, of a trilogy that they never intended to make. Mm. And I think that with, with Empire being as revered as it was and as good as it was, I think the pressure was really on with Return. And you can see that they've kind of tried a bit too hard in return and it kind of mm. dips a bit um it's nowhere near as strong as as empire it's nowhere near as it polished as a new hope it doesn't have that thematic feel of empire strikes back no it sort of returns to its more i wouldn't say childlike but certainly just family friendly-esque feeling of a new hope in terms of there's a little bit of danger but no one's feeling like intense dread or anything yeah um, and the space battle is pretty marvellous, especially for the time, like when it was filmed and everything. Absolutely. It was, it was insane. Um, it still is incredible today. Um, purely just from the... Uh, everything being so real. Like, everything has a weight and a feel to it. Yeah. Uh, and everything is sized up correctly. And I think that's uh, pretty awesome. Um, yeah. The only thing I could probably uh, have issue with is the Ewoks. Who were meant to be Wookies? Yeah, and they kind of went a little bit. They just didn't have the uh, apparently. They just didn't have the time or the money to invest in making the Wookies, like the, all the suits and everything. Yeah, so they went with shorter versions and, and obviously made them Ewoks, which is mm. fine because they're one of the most lovable characters in 
cinema history. More lovable than the Gungans. Oh, man. <laughs> I will constantly reference that. Uh. Typical. Typical Star Wars. Typical yeah. Star Wars nut. Yeah, man. Which isn't a bad thing because, you know... Hey, it's, someone's got to be. At, at the end of the day, Star Wars is a hugely, hugely successful franchise. Whether people agree with Disney taking it on or not, it doesn't mm. matter. Disney have moved it on a step. They're trying new things with it, which is a good thing. I would just hope that they try to lessen the politics political messages behind it oh, so that maybe yeah. we can just focus on storytelling yeah. for once. And, and the irony of the political messages through Disney I don't think is lost with many people considering Walt Disney's um, yeah. standings from... Uh, Former standings. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. we won't go into those but if you know, you know. If you don't know, go and Google it and then you can <laughs> see the irony in it. Um, but but like me, if you if you see... The, the newer Star Wars films, and you can you can see a kind of underlying message or political statement. You, you're yeah, not the only one. It doesn't need to be there. Yeah, it doesn't need to be there. And and that's what is ruining films at the moment, is that constant throwing of a, a political message behind a film when really just mm. make a film for the sake of making a good film. You don't need to stick something in it. Simply put, if you want to make strong female characters, make them, but don't tell people about it. Yeah, we just can, do it. We can understand if they're there. You don't have to make it a massive message. No, and the fact that when you do make it a massive message, people will just slate it yeah. and will rip it to pieces, and then you achieve nothing. You know, there are so many strong female characters. We've done this anyway. Yeah, yeah, we've we've, done, done, uh, we've this. done this. If you want to listen to that tirade, <laughs> listen to one of our previous episodes. Yeah. We're not going to do it again. Um, but I do love Return, and I will always rate Return better than A New Hope, always. Yeah. Um, although A New Hope is more polished, I think because it, although it's 10 years earlier, I still feel as a film it's more polished. It's, There's a higher emotional payoff to Return the Jedi. There is, oh, massively, mm. absolutely massively, especially the ending. There is a hugely bigger emotional payoff. But in terms of overall production, mm. cinematography, editing, I think A New Hope is better. Yeah. But I think having that emotional whack right at the end after the, the massive build-up from, from Empire and then through Return, I think that leaves a lasting impression as opposed to someone who would critique the overall finish of a film. I think, mm. you know, people don't people aren't like us. They're, they're not going to critique a film and rate a film because uh, it's more polished. They're going to rate it because of the, the overall cool. impact and what it le- make, leaves them feeling, which, yeah. um, which Empire, will, uh, Empire in Return will leave you with... Um, it's sort of a sense of sadness, but a sense of kind of completion as yeah. such, like from a circle perspective. Um, it kind of comes round full circle, which is which is really good. Um, but but yeah, I do I do like Return, um, and I will rate I would rate it as my second favorite film mm. in the franchise after Empire. Yeah. Um, but I don't personally think it's as polished as A New Hope. But then that's just me. Yeah. Um, right, that's it. That's another hour done. We haven't. We barely even scratched the surface. We got to do the prequels, and then we got to do the sequels. And by the time we're doing the sequels, it's probably going to have all three hours. I would so. imagine it probably <laughs> will do anyway. Yeah, so um, much to talk about. Absolutely. So next week we'll talk about Star Trek, the movies, not the TV shows. First we will, contact. Uh, 
we will get to those <laughs> next week. So we will be doing Star Trek next week. Uh, the films, we will move on to the TV shows at a later date, but it'll only be Star Trek Part 1, as this is Star Wars Part 1. Um, and that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you to all the podcasters, uh, listeners out there. Uh, it's, a, it's a massive, massive thrill that you guys are listening and you're enjoying it. Um, obviously, leave us a review. Feel free to share with your with your friends. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Tell us what you want us to talk about. We've said it before. Just tell us what you want us to talk about. You we know, hate we'll, sci-fi. We don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> we'll probably lose people because of it, but we may gain right. people. Who knows? But, you know... Feel free to share it and give us your give us your feedback. Get in touch on Twitter or even find us on Facebook. We do still use Facebook, um, but yeah. But we're back next Monday with Star Trek. Cool, excellent, right? Thank you very much. See you later. There is one more thing. It's been emotional. She packed my bags last night. Free flight. Zero hour. 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then. I miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. It's lonely out in space. Such a timeless flight And I think it's gonna be a long, long time The touchdown brings me round again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home